thanks again for joining us on the Failure to Freedom podcast. We will discuss topics of struggles in the workplace, relationships, finances, health, and personal life. The points in time where we've been at our lows and the freedom to fail our way to success. We're all failing, steering our ship in the direction we think leads to land, going head on into every storm life throws our way. This will be a journey unlike any other. We welcome you to join us as we dive deep into the open water that is our freedom. Well, we're finally here. This is our 12th episode of the first season, which will wrap up the first season. A lot of exciting topics that we've already discussed and uh, a lot of exciting topics I think we're going to discuss again in the future. So on this wrap up of the first season, Weston, how are you doing today? Is there anything that you want to say about the previous episodes here? I'm doing great today. And you're right. This is the season finale, season one. And I think it's fitting that our topic is closure. Closure is not something that has to be painful. Closure is not something that has to be acknowledged. And I think that closure is a decision because whether you accept it, you've decided to do so. Whether you're in denial, you've decided to do so. But what stays consistent is that all things end, including season one. So my my first question to you, Chris, is... Are you accepting of season one ending? Are you excited about it? Um, it, In some kind of a comical way, I'm actually in a little bit denial. I didn't actually think uh, we'd make it to this point. We we first agreed to do one episode a week. And I remember saying to you, like, is that is that enough? Like, are are we even going to have people listening one episode a week? Like. I mean, I don't know. That just seems a bit like we could do more. I was like, you know, maybe we do two. Maybe we do two a week. And then you were like, no, I mean, one one a week. And I was like, yeah, okay. But honestly, like looking back, the the time just kind of flew by. Like I we're we're already on episode twelve. Like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I think we've we've definitely come a long way. We've talked about a lot of really good and interesting topics. I've I've noticed in myself I've grown to love this more and more. I've I've grown to enjoy the conversation, enjoy the discussion. I I've enjoyed looking at the different listeners that follow along with us and you know the engagement that we've had, the guests. Just very appreciative for everything. You know, and in closing, yeah, it's kind of maybe bittersweet or a double-edged sword. You know, I'm kind of excited because it means we're gonna be moving into season two now. But also, it's kind of like, you know, looking back, it's, they're, they're just uh, memories for us. You know, it's, it's something that we've done. It's something that we put into the world. And uh, it's, a, it's a very empowering thing, very positive thing. You know, I just feel like maybe if we could have gone back, obviously, I feel like maybe there could have been a couple things we changed. But I think that's part of growth. You know, I, I think that's part of learning more about yourself. I think that's part of self-development. It's just it's looking at the things that maybe worked and empowering yourself to do more of those things and doing them better. And then looking at the things that didn't work and maybe going back and saying, you know, how could I change this? How could I flip it? How could I modify it? How could I evolve it to where it is something that does work? 
And so, yeah, I, I really appreciate the question. You know, it's it, it's just baffling to me. I, I don't feel like it's been as long as it has, but here we are. We're still at it. We're still discussing, and it, it's just all great. And closure isn't equal. Some people may need it more than others. Uh, some circumstances may need it more than others. But regardless, letting go of something that is important is always challenging. And we seemingly want to alleviate any pain that we feel, any confusion that comes up, and possibly even guilt for not handling things the way that we should have or that we felt we should have. We want answers we know we won't get because in the moment, no answer is good enough. And I mean, that could be the death of a loved one. That could be the loss of a job or a home. That could be complete and utter failure. That could be starting over, picking up all the pieces and doing it again. But regardless, I think closure gets misinterpreted. And I want to stress that you don't need someone to acknowledge you. Like when when you're searching for closure, you can provide that to yourself. In the same respect... Nobody else needs your acknowledgement for closure either. And I think we often make closure this soap opera drama fiasco of, well, you need to know how much you hurt me. You need to apologize. You need to make amends. You need to do X. You need to do Y. You need to do Z. And it doesn't have to be that way at all. But. I think the reason it even gets to that point is because it stems from a fear of change and people are left with the questions of, well, if this ends now, what? And it's unfamiliar. It's scary and it's unknown. It pushes you to do something else. It pushes you into action, which if we're being honest with ourselves, if we're being honest with each other, sometimes we get comfortable in the routine of our lives. We don't want to be pushed out of our comfort zone. We don't want to be upset by figuring out that maybe we weren't as good at something as we thought we were. We don't necessarily want to know that we could have done more. We don't necessarily want to know that we weren't good enough. And in some regards, especially when you seek an interaction with closure, you're setting yourself up to be hurt even more. You're kind of doubling down on that that pain and confusion and guilt. And you're also inviting in a little bit of anger and frustration if somebody doesn't respond to you the way that you're searching for. So closure is, it's not equal. And it's not going to look the same for everybody in every situation. It's not going to matter to everybody. Um, but for some people, it may be crucial. It may be just burning and itching to get some sort of attention. But fact of the matter is you are not owed anything. One thing for me with closure is there's a lot of gray area. I feel like with that, because depending on the situation where you're looking for closure, it might be maybe the, like you mentioned, just the death of a loved one. And, There were questions that maybe you had for them that you wish you would have asked, but now you just don't have the opportunity. So, I mean, there's that that aspect of it. But then there's also maybe you're losing a meaningful relationship and 
closure for you? Maybe you have questions about that. Like, why why is this changing? Why has this been different? Like, why are you leaving my life? Why do I have to cut you out of my life? Things like that. Um, I think that also could go into looking at closure like it's chapters of a book. Because when you finish a chapter, that's also closure. And not just about reading. It could be a chapter in your life where, okay, I worked at that job for like five years and now I'm going on to a new job opportunity. Like that's, that's closure. You're closing that chapter to that book and you're starting a new chapter. And I think also one thing that can be said about closure is sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes you do want to get out of your comfort zone and sometimes you do want to do something new. That could also be said about interests that you may have, a hobby that you go through. So it's not all about like negative closure. It's also about maybe forging closure for yourself because you feel that it's going to create a positive impact in your life. You know, closure comes in all shapes and sizes, all forms. And one thing I just want to say is with closure, just keep in mind that there will be times out there when you don't get the answers that you want. It might not result in the closure that you were expecting or even wanting or even willing to accept. But I got to think that even with the parts in your life where there's been closure that left a bad taste in your mouth, there's also going to be parts of closure where it's new and exciting and refreshing and empowering. And looking forward to those moments of closure, I mean, it goes back to finishing up the first season of our podcast here. That's why I said it was kind of like a double-edged sword because, you know, where where did the time go? It's It's kind of... Just they're going to be memories, but then also we're launching into season two. That's very exciting. It's very new. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what it's going to sound like, but we're here. We're, we're ready to go. We're in for it. And so just keeping a positive frame of mind, keeping a point where you don't know what's going to happen, but you're ready for it. I think it's, that's, that's great. A social psychologist named Ari Kruglansky coined the phrase need for closure in the 1990s. Uh, Chris, both you and I were born in the early 90s. I thought this phrase would have been much older than us, but it's really not. She referred to a framework for decision making that aims to find an answer on a given topic that will alleviate the confusion and kind of ambiguous nature of some of the social problems in our lives. But when we seek closure, we're looking for answers as to the cause of the loss that caused us pain or some form of discomfort. And when we do that, that is the double-edged sword of analyzing and being critical and looking inwards and evaluating, things like that. But it's almost as if we do that hyperactively. And when we're seeking closure, because now you're doing it to find fault and not necessarily pointing it at somebody else. But when you approach something looking for fault, you are ready to attack. You are ready to place blame. You are ready to be justified in how you approach this. So oftentimes there's some mental gymnastics, uh, a puzzle, so to speak, that we frame in our brains that says, all right, I'm going to look at each individual piece. I'm going to look at when it was placed. I'm going to examine it. And when we're satisfied that the puzzle has been assembled, 
that's when we believe we've found closure. And I think that process of chastising the individual pieces, that can just be detrimental to somebody. That's why it becomes painful is because even when you have an answer, you may not accept that answer. You are kind of stuck in limbo in closure, continuing to hurt, continuing to be confused, continuing to feel guilt until you find an answer that you'll accept. It's it's a form of madness. And I feel like that's why it's misinterpreted. The decision is yours. And not to make you feel like a stronger person or a better person because you've understood and opted not to seek other people's acknowledgement of getting closure. Also understand they, they don't need yours either. They don't owe you an explanation. You don't owe them an explanation. Closure is personal if you're going to utilize it. Closure is also a form of grief. It's also a form of acceptance. So for us in in this instance, season one being wrapped up, it's not so much a grief thing. It is a form of acceptance. It's almost a form of celebration. I know for myself and I know for Chris, I certainly hope he can apply it that way. I want us to be able to approach closure to other parts of our lives, whether it be work, relationships, a loss, whatever it is. Approach it in the same respect of if it wasn't what was meant for me, then I'm happy to move forward onto something else. I may not be thrilled with the idea of loss, but I'm thrilled that there's something coming better. I think closure also comes from a part of our life where we might be down on ourselves. You know, I th- I think I speak for everyone. I I mean... If there's someone out there that this doesn't apply to, I would like to talk with them. I I think I speak for everyone when I say there is a certain part of our lives that we are insecure about. You know, it may not be physical appearance. It may not be our career. It may not be the types of uh, interests we have, hobbies, the way we're living our life. There is something, I think, for everyone. You know, if if we were perfect, that would not be the case. But because we are not, we always look at ourselves And I got to think we wish we could change just one aspect of ourselves to make it better and to improve. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing. It could be a positive circumstance of you looking at yourself and looking at areas of your life that you need to change or want to change and actually taking action. And so that's kind of the positive side of closure is realizing that there is a problem and making a path, paving your way to fixing it. Some people will say, I do this certain thing that I wish I didn't do. Let's just say, for example, smoking cigarettes. You know, that's that's an addiction. And I, I don't dispute that it's difficult to stop doing. But I got to think that if you have closure in yourself and you're a no matter what person, you're willing to do what it takes to cut that out of your life, to give closure to yourself, to pave the way to moving on without it. I think also closure comes with being faced with situations and thinking, I wish I could have done that differently. You don't get time back. You can't change the way an outcome was forged for you. But what you can do, like several of the guests have said on our podcast so far, is take what has already happened and learn from it to become better for the future. 
I think that's also a very important part of closure as well. And we've talked about the perspective of seeking closure and being accepting of it and taking an answer when it does come to you. But we also challenge each other and anybody listening to look at the other perspective. Perhaps you have felt the ramifications. Perhaps you've been the person who is vague and the the term ghosting comes to mind when you've kind of been left out to dry and left to question and wallow in self-pity and hurt and whatever else. You didn't get a decision in that regards. And so first off, I do want to challenge if you are somebody that does that, perhaps consider what that does do to a person. But also if that's happened to you, I want you to challenge yourself as well and know that you'll be okay. Vagueness has its perks. And the reason some people don't want to confront closure is because it warrants an explanation sometimes. And I've already said that none of us are owed an explanation. You're certainly not obligated to provide one. But closure is such a complex thing and it does damage to some people that is very difficult to fix. Just as the golden rule says, do unto others as you would want done to you. If you don't want to be treated a certain way like that, be careful not to dish that out on somebody else because you're bound to get that back in return in some way, shape, or form. And I think if you find yourself being upset with somebody who just cuts off all communication and you feel abandoned, if you've been upset and angry at yourself of what what could I do differently, those things aren't helping you come to closure. That's that mental puzzle, the gymnastics, the the feeling of I can fix this. When fact of the matter is that that's really a level of denial. And, and I feel like not always if you apply enough effort and time and resources to something, can you fix it? On that opposite end, if, if you're somebody who's just kind of opted not to get your hands dirty and I'm just going to turn the phone off and cut off communication. Do consider what that does and understand the consequences of that. And I'm not saying it's always wrong, especially in instances where it's abusive. But in instances where all you've done is lost interest in maintaining the the relationship, the job, the friendship, whatever it is, consider what you are doing to that other person. And also consider why you are avoiding having to provide an explanation. Is it because you truly are guilty? Is it because it's just uncomfortable? Is it because you don't have the time, the energy, or the desire to care anymore? Whatever it is, the issue remains the same. Be critical of yourself and make a decision. And think of the other person. I know the topic is closure. But when I think of that word, when I think about what it means... Really what it translates to me is change. And I know you've already mentioned that, but one thing I was thinking of was there's been points in time in history where certain things happen. And then I apply the thinking of what happened in the past to where we're at now. And in some aspects of change, history does repeat itself. And there are just certain things that have not changed. 
And one thing that I would mention or like to mention about closure is sometimes not following what society has put into place is another form of closure. Trying to make it to a point where we change, we break the mold, so to speak, on certain issues or the social statuses or the way we live our life. We, I mean, we see it in social media constantly, right? And I think you've mentioned, Weston, people will fabricate their lives in a way that seems better than it actually is. And so maybe you're one of those people that looks at all these stories and influencers on social media. It might bring you down. It might make you feel like you're a failure. Like, why is this person where they are and I'm where I'm at? But also not looking to those social medias, not looking to those influencers and just trying to move forward in your own life to make yourself happy rather than expecting yourself to be in a place where other people are is also another form of closure because you could look at someone that's very successful, very, I don't know, good looking. They're very, what seems to be happy with what they've accomplished. You may look at that and it may empower you. It may say, you know, this person looks happy. This person looks like he has everything. I want to be just like this person. I want to follow the things that he's done. I want to be successful like them. So, I mean, that that would be kind of a positive, empowering part of it. And so, finding closure in that might be, I see this person, what they have, what they're doing with their lives. I see the things that they're receiving. I see the lifestyle they have. Maybe it's something I want to do for myself and I need to get myself to the point of becoming successful like that. But there's always going to be that negative seeing someone that's very successful and just being down about it and saying, you know, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? And you may mull that over around in your head for days, weeks, months, years. But I think that also onsets different problems in other aspects of your life that you may not even consider are happening. So what I would also like to say in part of closure is just look at a situation and realize that what you're looking at might not be the full picture. And also, if you're feeling negative about a certain situation, realize that as well. Because coming to closure with your own life and how you're living it is important to you. And at the end of the day, it's going to be just you. And if you're not satisfied with parts of your life, finding closure and changing it might be the best option. I also think that if we seek an interactive closure instead of a personal closure, if we want the theatrics and the explanations when somebody else is not willing to give it or vice versa, that can exacerbate any of the harsh emotions that we feel and it can make moving forward that much more difficult and complicated and focusing on a resolution shifts to a matter of control when you push somebody to interact with you for means of closure who has no intentions of doing so. Because you can stay on top of them, you can come back to the conversation even after some amount of time. I, I don't pretend to give some kind of time frame for closure or grief or pain. But the longer it lasts, the harder it's the harder it is to let go. Learning to live with ambiguity is not something that we are taught. It's something that we come to 
experience and then understand. And I don't think it ever gets easier in terms of frequency, but it does get easier as we get older because you do know what to expect. You've experienced it before. It's extremely hard when you're younger and you're looking to adults and you see things that are likely not going to happen in your life just based off of times changing. And so as complicated as closure can be, it is not something that has a finish line. It is, it is definitely an active decision. So you've said, you know what? That affected me in a certain way. And I won't allow it to continue to do that. That doesn't mean you won't have bouts of struggles and difficulties with it and returning to it and reflecting upon it and remembering what happened and where things went wrong. And you might be enticed to pull your own self back into a means of being overly critical and self-sabotaging. But I would suggest that you... You find, whether it be hobbies or other meaningful friendships, don't let something ending be the reason that you don't do something new. And something new might not always be something you're looking forward to. Something new, kind of like you mentioned earlier, and I've already mentioned, could be the point of unknown. You don't know the outcome. You don't know how things are going to go. You don't even know really the path that you're going to take to get there. You just know that like chapters in a book, the previous chapter is over. You're almost at the point of no return because you have to keep moving forward. Because if you choose to stand still or to sit down or to wait, kind of going back into the last episode season of waiting, you might miss an opportunity. You may not know what it looks like right now, but just plugging away, continuing forward, doing the best you can with the situation you've been given is, is always going to put you in the running. You know, it's, it's kind of like if you choose not to do something, you're going to miss a chance, but at least if you give it your best and you, you move forward on that chance, you may still not get it, but you know what you tried, which means you had a higher opportunity, a higher percentage of being successful than you did by not doing it at all with closure as well. Just know that if something does not go your way, if the closure is an outcome that you weren't expecting, it could be for a job opportunity. Closure is they picked a different candidate for the position. Don't let that get you down too much because I've said it once, I'll say it again. Everything happens for a reason. If they didn't choose you, it just means that you're meant to be chosen somewhere else. And part of closure for me it's just thinking back on all the different discussions we've had. And we mentioned back episode five, Gauman, there was the Bushido, which was the different pillars that you live your life by. And I almost feel like in closure for us, at least for the season of the podcast, we can look back at every single episode and they all go together like eggs in a basket. You know, they, they're all pillars for us on things that we've talked about, about issues that we've gone through and about how we're going to present ourselves in the future. And I do hope that 
you, the listeners, took some of those discussions that we had and applied them to your own lives. Because deep down, in closure for us, what we really want to do, what we're trying to accomplish is making people see that we're only human too. We fail, we make mistakes. And, and we're talking about those mistakes. We're talking about those struggles in the chance that maybe someone out there will be listening and just understand that they're not alone. You know, with closure, you may feel that you're doing everything on your own. You're just going through the motions. You're doing what you think you should do and you have nobody to accompany you. But I, I want to speak with you also, Weston, on this one, because I, I feel like for both of us, we we are here because we care. We're here because... We want other people to see that all these struggles they're going through are not for nothing. And if you can come here and feel better about listening to us talk about these issues and maybe even interacting with us and being a guest sometime, that for us is great. That leads us to closure that we did the right thing. We, we did something right. We put something into the world that we can appreciate, we can respect, we can look back on and say, hey, we, we tried our best. We tried to make a positive influence, a positive impact on someone's life and that to me is just so fulfilling it's just the fulfilling part of closure that even if nobody listens even if nobody reaches out even if we don't have guests closure for me is that we did our best and we put something into the world that was positive and not negative and that is very empowering for me i also think that closure is more than acceptance it's a form of healing or at least it's the start of healing. We often bring our hopes and wishes to the crossroads of closure, yearning to go left or right in some direction that can fix it. But in reality, going forward is, is what's best. Because in our last episode, we talked about the season of waiting and part of moving on from a season of waiting is accepting closure when it needs to happen. And no amount of fighting it will fix it. No amount of mental gymnastics will fix it. No amount of throwing a tantrum or a fit or disapproval will fix it. And so I think it's extremely important to understand that maintaining your identity is valuable to a certain extent. But if you need closure in order to do that, that seems to be an area to improve more than it is needing something to be resolved. And as people get older, they tend to do better with this, not always, but there tends to be a more relaxed view on things. I'm not so concerned about getting to from point A to point B as quickly as possible. I'm not so concerned about the loss of a loved one anymore. I mean, it still hurts, but I've become seasoned to the idea of knowing that I won't always get the desired level of closure that I had set out for and that I may have to sit with this pain and this discomfort and disappointment for an unknown amount of time. So ultimately, I think if you've gained anything from this season. It's not about only climbing the ladder and picking yourself back up when you fail, but it's just about 
coming back to a point of balance and coming back to a point of strength that only comes from being able to put one foot in front of the other. I think what you just said is very important. And one thing I wanted to touch on in closing, you should also be looking at closure as a milestone, whether you went through something in life that was negative and you got past it and you learned some things and now you're in a better spot. That was definitely a milestone. And that's not something to throw sand at. That's something you should look back on and be proud of that you made it through. You got to a better place. You climbed out of the depths of the void to get to where you're at. And that's, that's very powerful. That's you showing that when you're faced with issues, they will not keep you down. It's very positive. And so one thing I did want to do with wrapping up here is I wanted to come up with, and Weston, you can participate in this as well. I wanted to come up with, for the season's end, a quote from a speaker, entrepreneur, or even just a leader, someone that you look to, to guide you, someone that you learn from, a mentor. So I wanted to take that and come up with the best motivational quote I could from this person that inspires me on my daily activities, inspires me on a day-to-day basis. And what I came up with was thinking about all the discussions we've had, thinking about all the struggles we've gone through from episode one to current, all of the time that has passed. The best thing that I would say is my quote of the season is Les Brown. When things go bad, don't go with them. And I think I've quoted it before, but it, it's very true. When you're faced with problems, when you're faced with periods of time where you need closure, when you're faced with challenges that you don't know how you're going to overcome, go around, go under, climb the wall, survive, get through it, don't go bad with the circumstances. Hold your ground. Be the person that you were meant to be. Push through. Overcome. And when you're on the other side, I promise you it's going to feel that much better. Weston, do you have a quote that you think could apply for the season? Just a quote for this first season here? I do. And I think it goes back to our very first episode when we opted not to hesitate when deciding to start recording. And my quote of choice comes from David Goggins. And he says, comfort zones. If you live in one too long, that becomes your norm. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that speaks volumes to our season because there were so many opportunities to say, I don't know if I can. I don't know if it will be good enough. I simply don't know. And you can hype yourself up and convince yourself that you you shouldn't do something just because you don't know. And that's a garbage reason not to do something. I think if you do something and it causes harm, you might reconsider. If you do something and you find out you're not good, well, at least you found out. But you are better than if you never attempted it at all. And for me, I know it's a short quote, but I do feel like it it wraps up not just the entirety of our season, but even the entirety of our venture starting a podcast. So I hope you can apply that same quote to your life as well. 
and even the one that you had mentioned, Chris, as we were coming down to the last episode of the season, uh, I want to thank you for joining us today on this first season of the Failure to Freedom podcast. Remember, everyone, whether you're listening to us from the States or internationally, we will continue releasing weekly episodes to our website and other streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple iTunes. If you have ideas or topics you'd like us to discuss, sign up for our email newsletter on our website. We are revamping right now, and after our short intermission between seasons, we'll be up and running. At that point, you can also become a guest on our podcast. The website is failtosale.com, but we also wanted to take this time to say thank you to each and every one of you that have downloaded our episodes, have listened on a weekly basis, have reached out, and have been guests on our podcast. And also, I wanted to take this time to express that we have new, exciting developments coming along for season two. So stick around and stay tuned. You guys have made season one remarkable and one to remember. I know for myself, and I'm sure it's certain for you, Chris, we can't wait for season two. And we definitely are excited to bring you more. And as always, it's been a pleasure. And guys, we do hope you have a good holiday, a great new year. And just remember, whether you're failing or whether you're sailing, stay true to who you are. Until next season, happy sailing.